Hello and welcome to Sleeping Giants, the sports podcast from the East Anglian Daily Times and Ipswich Star. We're now eight games into the season and Ipswich Town are in the top half of the table with 12 points. Huddersfield are top with 19, while two of last season's relegated Premier League teams, Norwich and Newcastle, are second and third respectively. Stuart Watson, our chief football writer at Arch and Suffolk, joins me again this week to look back to the Aston Villa game and ahead to Leeds and Brighton. But first, we'll look back at that statement and ask Stuart, does anything in there really surprise us at the moment? Not not a huge amount. Um, I guess obviously Huddersfield top is is, uh, is the standout one, isn't it? I think I said to you in one of our earlier chats that I had Huddersfield down as dark horses this season. I certainly wouldn't have put them top at this stage, but... Um, there seems to be a real feel-good factor about them. It was building towards the back end of last season, cheap season tickets. Uh, David Wagner building a different style of play there, and a few players sort of come from abroad and, and whatnot. But um, yeah, I, I guess that's a surprise, but certainly no surprise surrounding Newcastle and, and Norwich being up there. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the league is slowly but surely starting to, to take shape, I think. And in terms of where Ipswich are at the moment, I think we've discussed previously that somewhere between 12th and 7th at the end of the season would be uh, a reasonable season for them. So to see them in 11th at the moment, not too much of a, a shock, I suppose. Yeah, I think we've, we've said from day one, haven't we, that sort of a really good season, I think, would see Ipswich 5th, 6th. Um, they're probably in that bracket, aren't they? I think realistically are in that bracket. I see them in that bracket from 7th to, to 10th, 11th, and, and the kind of the results and the performances so far haven't really changed changed my opinion on that so far but um, it's it's a tougher league I think we say it every year but it, it I, I genuinely do think this is the toughest uh, lineup the championship has had for for some time um, I think Ipswich are I've got a better squad um, than they perhaps have certainly more attacking options whether it's enough to, to break into that top six time will tell We'll uh, move on to looking at the, the league in general a little bit as well. Who do you think has been the biggest disappointment in the league so far? Obviously, you've got some quite big names like Blackburn and Cardiff down towards the, the bottom of the league, but there may be some teams mid-table who'd expect to be doing a little bit better. So what's your take on that at the moment? Disappointments thus far. Um, having seen Derby at close quarters the other week, um, I was impressed with the way they played against Ipswich, obviously. Town came away with with the one 0 win, but Derby played some some good stuff in, in the first half. But um, obviously they're struggling for, for goals and points so far. I thought Nigel Pearson would be a really good appointment for them, but um, something about Derby at, at the moment uh, they've certainly underachieved with the money they've spent and the players they've got there. Um, Blackburn would would be another one. I think they're um, their second bottom at the moment. I always had a sort of a sense that things might go a little bit wrong for Blackburn with this sort of the Owen Coyle factor. He was always going to be on the back foot with fans with his Burnley and Bolton connections in the past. Um, but you look at the players that they've got there, you know, Marvin Emnes and, and Danny Graham, um, you know, they pipped tip switch to, to Liam Feeney in the summer. So they've got a good enough squad there. So, you know, I would say that they're certainly an, an underachieving side as well at the moment. So interesting to see there that obviously one of the players who uh, Ipswich are after has gone to a team that's not doing so well at the moment. I'm sure fans will be uh, sort of rubbing their hands and, and looking playfully on at that. Um, 
We'll move on to the, the most recent game now. Of course, Ipswich drew 0-0 with Aston Villa over the weekend. What's your take on that? Was it a well-deserved point? Was it three points missed? Or uh, were Villa unlucky to, to leave only having got the one point? I think on overall reflection, a draw was, was probably the fair result. Um, for the best part of the 90 minutes, it wasn't the greatest of games. I don't think it was as bad a spectacle as as, uh, as some have made out. Certainly not uh, not in the, the bracket of some of the games we saw at Portman Road in the, the second half of last season. Just a very competitive match, um, short on shots on target uh, I don't think Villa had a single shot on target throughout throughout the entire match Ipswich had one I think inside the 90 minutes and of course it all it all came to life in those uh, eight minutes of, of stoppage time and Ipswich threw the kitchen sink at them um, two off the line Freddie Sears hit the post so on another day they, they could have nicked it but um, overall draw was, was probably uh, the, uh, the right result I would say Did we learn anything about Ipswich from that game obviously it's a 0-0 draw so you look at it from the outside and just go we know Ipswich are solid defensively they've proved that by keeping a clean sheet we know they need a bit more firepower up front they proved that by not scoring any goals in that game but was there anything deeper amongst that that we might have learned that they're maybe moving on they're trying to resurrect their, uh, their goal scoring form yeah, I mean, the, you talked about sort of we know that Ipswich are, are good defensively. Um, I think they maybe lost a little bit of that last season. I know there was a lot of talk and a lot of the emphasis was on the lack of creative options going forward, which, which you know, played a big part, certainly. But I didn't think they were as good defensively last season as they were the season they finished sixth. Um, be that down to sort of individuals just sort of falling below their previous standards or, or the overall sort of organisation and uh, and whatnot. But uh, I do think they're, they're bang back at it this season defensively. Four clean sheets from the last six. I think Christoph Berrer is, is back to his best. I'm not sure he, he quite hit those same heights last season. Um, I think Jonas Knudsen is, is better for his first ex- year of experience in in the championship um, the midfield's got a better balance about it now we've been talking to Cole Scoos about that today and by having those extra creative options in, in Tom Lawrence and Grant Ward and Connor Grant and a few others it's really allowed Cole Scoos and Jonathan Douglas just to focus on their role protecting the back four and I think um, that's going to be a, a big thing for Ipswich this season to getting back to being rock solid at the back uh, and the hope, of course, is that you know that that little bit of extra creative spark is going to enable them to turn a few draws into a few extra narrow margins of victory, and, and came very close to doing it on Saturday. I mentioned in my uh, comment piece on Monday, and perhaps we're being a little bit churlish here. Perhaps you know I'm, I'm I'm nitpicking a little bit, but I just get the feeling with Mick sometimes that you'd just like him to sense when. The opposition's there for the taking, and, and just go for a little, a little bit more. And uh, you know those substitutions with Best and Varney coming on. They came on in the 88th minute. That gave them best part of 10 minutes. I'd just like to have seen them given maybe 15, 20. And I think Villa may have crumbled if that had been the case. I'll come on to that piece that you wrote for the paper about Mick needing more gumption during matches, a little used and underused word in <laughs> uh, the regional news, I'm sure. Um, he needs to kill off the games earlier, be a bit more bravery is sort of the gist of what you were saying in that piece. 
Do you think that that's likely that he's going to start doing that a bit more or is it going to be the same Mick McCarthy for the rest of the season leaving it maybe just a little too late before putting those attacking options on to really go at teams that are there for the taking? Yeah, as I say, I'm, I'm maybe nitpicking a little bit and probably being a, a little bit too harsh. I mean, his starting lineups haven't been negative. That's you know We have to say that because I know people will say, oh, Scoos Douglas, it's... Uh, you know they've they've been the sort of uh, the boo boys in terms of sort of highlighting Nick's neg- Nick's negativity in terms of starting lineups. But I think every team needs that protection. And to be fair, he had Tom Lawrence, Grant Ward, Freddie Sears, just off of Brett Pittman. I mean that's that they're four fairly attack-minded players there. Um, so I think there is a greater balance. I think he is addressing that greater balance. I think uh, you know there was a few turns of phrases that I used last year, sort of functional, not fancy, and uh, um, things like that. I think that balance is being addressed slowly but surely. And we've talked about the style of play evolving, and I think um, with no Daryl Murphy that, that we're seeing signs of that now. Um, but it just comes to substitutions, and I just I just feel sometimes that it's Mick is overly pragmatic there's there's no question that you need that in this division uh, and you know if fans or some fans pick the team they would probably try and crowbar in every striker and attacking midfielder which it, which is never going to happen but I just think Mick goes too far the other way sometimes he's too stubborn he's too pragmatic um, and there are times where I think you know Villa being an example who have conceded a lot of late goals confidence may be a little bit low at the moment just 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 go for it. Throw caution to the wind. Yes, you might lose the odd game by doing that. Had he had he gone earlier with the substitutions, they may well have lost 1-0. But uh, I think over the course of the season, by just, just sensing those moments, you can just pick up an extra two or three more points here and there, which um, come the final reckoning makes all the difference between maybe finishing 5th and 6th and, say, 7th, 8th, ninth. We'll move on now to the games that Town have got coming up in the next week. So we've got a Saturday game at Leeds and then Tuesday night it's the visit of Brighton and Hove Albion. Now those two teams are currently four places below and four places above Ipswich in the table respectively. What do we think Town's chances are and how many points are they going to get from those two games do we think? Well, both tough fixtures, um, but we seem to be saying that about sort of every, every month. You know, it was a uh, oh, tough, tough start on paper in August, and then you suddenly look ahead to September and say that's that's a tough month as well. That that's the championship, isn't it? Um, Leeds just ominously seem to be picking up a bit of form just at, at the wrong time from an Ipswich point of view. Um, started the season fairly slowly, and there was rumblings that uh, Massimo. Salino's axe was already sort of raised above um, Gary Monk's head just a few weeks into the season but um, they've won three on the bounce now um, they won against Blackburn in, in midweek in the cup um, a really good 2-0 win at, at Cardiff um, last weekend as well so Ellen Road is one of those places I think uh, when the crowd really get behind them it can be an intimidating place to play and uh, I'm, I'm sure they'll be roaring them on from the first kickoff. but um Likewise, if Ipswich can keep them quiet, then uh, it can become an unco- uncomfortable place for home players as well. And, and they certainly did that last season in, in winning 1-0 at Ellen Road. And uh, the Ipswich players seem to sort of handle those occasions pretty well when, when they come around. So I think uh, I think a draw would, would be a great result on, on Saturday. Um, 
and then a home game against Brighton. I think home form is going to be fairly crucial uh, to to uh, success for Ipswich this season if they are going to break into that top six because uh, it was the cornerstone of their success when they did make the playoffs a, a couple of years ago. Uh, the home form just dropped off a little bit, so if they can, as the old cliche goes, make Portman Road a bit of a fortress again, then uh, they could be onto a winner. And uh, obviously, so far, um, not not lost on home soil. So fingers crossed they they can keep that going. But um, we we shall see. Just looking at sort of those teams we mentioned, obviously we say almost weekly that the fixtures coming up are quite tough. Just looking at the the table in general, how much of that do we think is going on teams past glories I and mean, when we talk about Leeds particularly in Elland Road great old club lots of history uh, very difficult ground to go to as mm. we say how much of that is us looking at what Leeds used to be like compared to what they're like now because they've not had the best few seasons they obviously had that spell where they were down in League One how much store do clubs and, and fans set against looking at the reputation of teams rather than what they're doing in the here and now. Yeah, it's a really, really good point, that, because I think we're all guilty of doing it sometimes. Um, Leeds, as you mentioned, I mean, I know everyone sort of keeps going on about Ipswich now being in their 15th season outside of the top flight. Leeds are actually in their 13th now, I believe. Um, I know they've obviously you know, they had a bit of time in League One in that spell, so that division is full of uh, plenty of... Uh, clubs that have uh, fallen from uh, from their lofty perches um, and uh, it's not just us that the media and fans that sort of fall into that trap I think sometimes I don't know whether Mick does this purposely or not but Mick McCarthy seems to, you know he, he talks up Leeds as, as being a big club and um, and whatnot and sometimes you have to concentrate on the, the here and now I mean that was part of my point with, with the with the piece talking about the Villa game and you know yes Villa have come down with with a lot of money. They're a club that have been in in the top flight for a long time. But the here and now is that that they're adapting to life in a new division, new manager, virtually a whole new team. They had some key injuries last weekend. Confidence was a, a little bit fragile. And I think instead of sort of looking at the bigger picture of Villa and and everything that people think of of them as a club, you had to think of the here and now. And I thought that they were. That was as good a time to, 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 to beat Aston Villa last weekend. So you're right, sometimes we have to sort of forget about not just the long-term history of clubs, but medium-term and look at where they're at at this, this given moment in time. And um, Leeds, yes, we all know the history of them, but that they've been in this division and they're finding it uh, as big a slog as, as anyone else. But that said, in the very short term, they seem to be picking up a little bit and I think Gary Monk's uh, a good fit for them. So... Um, tough game on Saturday do you think it's a trap that people will fall into because obviously as, as time goes on there are going to be fewer and fewer clubs that haven't been in the, in the top division and we're looking at people now like Bournemouth with Eddie Howe who are in the top division if they get relegated at some point in the near future people are going to start looking at them as a big club whereas maybe a few years ago they, they weren't doing that so do looking does looking at results and, and fixtures on paper have even less significance than it may have done in the past because suddenly we've now been in more than 100 years of, of football. Actually, everyone's been a big club at some point, I suppose, haven't they? Yeah, I guess things, things go in cycles, don't they? Um, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the Manchester United, it will be referred to as the Manchester United era at some point in the future, just as Liverpool had their time and others. Certain clubs have, have obviously sort of been in the, in the top flight uh, 
longer than most but um, yeah it's been a bit more transient between the divisions I think the gap in quality between the lower half of the Premier League down to even down to League One which is which is a really competitive league I think the gap is is getting smaller and, and you're seeing players move up through the divisions and cope um, teams go up through the divisions and cope you mentioned Bournemouth which have obviously just gone and signed Adam Webster from League Two, and and he's sort of slotted in quite quickly. So I think that shows that the, the gap between the leagues isn't isn't that tough. I know the debate with Ipswich always comes up that um, well maybe it would be a good thing if if they went down and they you know they could start again and and build some confidence just as you know Norwich did and Southampton did in terms of going down and getting back to back relegations, but. You know, I've seen a fair bit of League One football, um, having sort of reported on Colchester for a number of years. That that's a good division, let me tell you. And um, you know, Leicester had a, a few few years down there. Leeds did as well. Both Sheffield clubs. It's um, it's not not just a case of go down there, win every game, and and come back sort of feeling a bit better about yourself. So I know the sort of the Groundhog Day nature of Ipswich being in the Championship is. Uh, is of frustration, but uh, there's a lot of clubs that would, would swap positions as well, I'm sure. Yeah, Portsmouth for one as well. They went down and they've just continued to, to fall, mm. really. It's not gone quite as well for them as it has for Leicester, for example. Uh, we'll focus back on Ipswich again now, but rather than the matches that we've got coming up, I just want to thought your thoughts eight games into the season now. Who do you think been Town's standout player so far and who do you think needs to step up to the mark a bit more hasn't quite been performing to the levels that perhaps we know they can standout player so far um, I think you've got to say that that Bartosz Bielkowski has certainly continued on from where he left off at the back end of last season and, and that was a point I raised recently that um, for all the positives you take out of Ipswich's start to the season um, when your goalkeeper is quite often the one coming away with most of the plaudits, uh, you, you have to sort of uh, question that um, at times. Um, Christoph Berra, as I mentioned earlier, I think he's he's back to his best, and that that partnership between him and Ad, Adam Webster is looking one that, that could really thrive in the weeks to come. Been really impressed with with Adam and uh, the way he's he's taken two steps up in his stride. Um, I guess in terms of uh, they they would be your main ones really. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Grant Ward obviously had a fantastic start with you know with, with his debut and and that's got him a few credits in the bank. He's been, he's been a little bit quieter in in recent games, but I think he'll be a really good signing and has add, added a, a different dimension to the team in terms of the type of player he is. But it's just been a a, a generally solid sort of team start to the season so far. No real standout star men I don't I don't think just uh, the team in general's just been pretty pretty solid and is there anyone that you feel has maybe not reached that same level or has got more to come perhaps they've not been bad so far but they've just not shown us everything that we know they're capable of yeah I mean Freddie Sears obviously is toiling away on on the left uh, his 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 goal drought has been well highlighted I think that's at 34 games now but you do have to accept that he is he is playing a role that's uh, that that is not his forte, um, but I think there have been times where you know the shortage of confidence in in Freddie has shown. He's not it's not just the lack of goals, but um, he just doesn't doesn't quite sort of he's not going past people in the way that he used to. Um, my personal sense is maybe you know every player has a tipping point when they need to come out of the out of the team, have a bit of a, a rest, and be rejuvenated. I think Freddie. 
for all of the great work he does, which is which is unquestionably the selfless running and everything that Mick loves about him. Just uh, you know, maybe um, maybe maybe to have a little bit of a step back from from the team. I don't know, but um, Kevin Brew would would maybe be another one. Um, he's been sort of playing in, in that number ten role, the one the one with a bit more license to get forward. Very busy. Uh, gets about, but a um, bit too inconsistent on on the ball, and uh, I thought it made a big difference against Villa last weekend with with Tom Lawrence in that number ten role. So um, maybe Brew you would put down as a, as a slight disappointment. So maybe those two players, Sears and Brew, maybe spend a little bit of time coming on as substitutes and just working themselves back up again. Well, if Mick's got those options, I think Sears will play week in week out. I don't think Mick's got any plans at all to to drop Freddie because you know we all know that Mick loves players that, that graft for the team and, and do that job. So I think Freddie will be will continue to to play in that left sided role. Um, that was just me talking from a personal point of view, but. Um, I think Kevin Brew might uh, be usurped by Tom Lawrence for that role. He was he was very impressive uh, both off the bench against Derby and and starting against Villa last weekend. He's uh, he linked up well with with Brett Pittman. Um, so I think Lawrence will be starting the most most games if he continues to play the way he has done. There we go then. So we'll look out for that in the near future with uh, Town's lineups in upcoming games. As I say, we've got Leeds on Saturday, Brighton on Tuesday. But that's all we've got time for on this week's Sleeping Giants. Next week, we will look back, of course, at those two games, Leeds and Brighton, see how they turned out. But until then, thanks to Stuart and thanks for listening.